0: I have a tendency, and I think it's a tendency shared really by everybody to a certain degree, but but I have a tendency to where I want to look like I know what I'm talking about, even if I don't. Anybody here, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, and it, it plays itself out in, in a thousand different places. You know, I could be sitting at a table, not have a clue what anybody is talking about, but but I'll sit there and nod as if I know what's, what's going on, and, you know, I'll give you an example there. Uh, there's a group of guys, you know, the old goats. They they meet and have breakfast every every morning. And I'm not being, by the way, I'm not being mean by saying that's the name they have chosen for themselves. I, I would have maybe considered a different name, but that's what they went with. So, and I don't know what it says that they said, oh yeah, come on in, you qualify, come on in. I'm not sure what all that means, but anyway, we you know we meet for breakfast on Monday mornings, and and there's some several guys there who just love guns. They just love guns. I mean, uh, there's the wife of one of them sitting right back there. You know what I'm talking about? They love it, and, uh, and, and 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 to be honest with you, I know nothing about guns. I don't. I I, I don't know that I'll ever know very much about guns, but they love them. And so, anyway, they'll get talking about all these things and, you know, and reloading their ammo and all these things, and and uh, and, and and they'll be mentioning some gun that they got or that they want to get or whatever, and, and I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, so they'll be talking about a gun, and I'll be saying, yeah, it's awesome, and I don't have a clue what they're talking about. They keep talking about these different, you know, calibers and things, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'd use. Yeah, that's probably what I'd choose, too. <laughs> You know, and and, and I, I, if I'm not careful, I can be I can be sort of cornered and trapped, and I can be made to to uh, actually I shouldn't say made to look like I can be exposed as a complete moron uh, if they just invent some guns and and just see how I play into it. So you know, the, one of them says, "What do you think about the uh, the old Wan Heiser double barrel over under pump action multi shot semi automatic blue steel triple padded multi butt shotgun pistol?" And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. That'd be great. That's, that's, so I've been looking for one. You got a good, you got a line on one, you know, and, and it's obvious I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But, you know, I don't think I'm alone. I think it's rampant. I, I think everybody does it to some degree, and we have this tendency to, to want to have the appearance of knowledge even when it's not there. Now, honestly, if we're talking about guns, or you're talking about hunting, or you're talking about, even if you're talking about politics even, it's no big deal. No harm, no foul, no, nothing really comes from it. However, if, it, if this thing seeps into our spirituality or into, into things that are eternal, we, we, we could easily become people who can say the right words, but actually have no understanding of what we're actually talking about where we can have all the right language and not understand it in our hearts. If we're not careful, we can learn how to be in church and, and nod at the right times and say amen at just the right moment and, you know, take our notes. And, 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 uh, however, then when, you know, when we talk about things like grace, we have never, never really have a clue what we're talking about. You know, we, we have to talk about this because Jesus said that you are to love you know, Raya, Ahaba, and Dod. And if you don't know what I'm talking about there, you need to listen to some of the previous messages. But, but Jesus said, You are to love God Almighty, uh, uh, but also Yahweh. We talked about that last week. We're to love Him with our whole heart. And that's where we are right now. In this whole series, we've been talking about this, this great uh, uh, commandment that we've been given. And, and, and I think that the concept of the heart is an idea that we all talk about. But if we're really pressed uh, on the subject and we're asked what it means, then I think often the room just sort of grows quiet. I think there's a lot of nods when you talk about loving God with your whole heart, and I, I don't know how many of us really have any idea what that means or what that really even looks like. Or, or how about this? What's the difference between the heart? And the soul, because Jesus says that they're two different things. He, they're not the same things because he said you, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart as well as all of your soul. So they're two different things. They're not the same. Uh, wh- what does that mean? So, so here's what I want to do for, for today and probably another week or so at least. Uh, I want to talk about the heart. And the reason we're going to spend more time on the heart is, is because the Bible mentions the heart four times more than it discusses the mind or the soul and in fact God seems to be consumed by the hearts of men not outward actions not just their minds not even their souls but their hearts so I I think we have to look at that and say ask ourselves why is there so much weight in scripture put on the heart so, so let's start with a basic definition and then we'll, we'll expand this as we move forward. But let me just start by saying this. The heart is the source inside of us out of which all action flows. It's the source inside of us out of which all action flows. Every action of your life, every behavior of your life, everything you do grows out of the root of your heart. Let me show you this from scripture. You go to Matthew chapter 15 if you want to turn there. Basically what's happening here is Jesus has been challenged by a group of Pharisees, which you can almost say, you know, every verse we read out of the Gospels, it's like Jesus is being challenged by a group of Pharisees or somebody. But, but they, he's being challenged specifically by a group of Pharisees who would say that there are things outside of a man that would make him unclean. So they say things like that not washing your hands before he eats or, or, or eating certain foods makes a man un, unclean if he, if he does the wrong thing. So Jesus tells a story or a parable to refute that. And, and, so, uh, and as so how often happens, when Jesus told this parable, nobody understood it. And so Peter, good old Peter, just being Peter, he's going go to go uh, up to Jesus and say, listen, No one has any clue what you're talking about. What what did you mean by this? And so Jesus is going to explain it starting in verse 16. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart... And this defiles a person for out of the heart come evil thoughts. And then and then he's going to to leave simple thought and simple emotional feeling. And we're going to get going to get into action because the Bible inseparably links outward action to the heart. So watch what he says for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, not the thought of murder. But actual murders, if the thought of murders counted, then everybody would be dead. No, no one would be alive in this room because someone has, at a random instant of rage, they have wished your death. I mean, that has happened. Maybe you were on I-55 and you cut somebody off and, they, and that person in that car thought that person should be, should be dead right now. And so this is actual murders, not just the thought of murder. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, Sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. You see all of these actions, these outward actions that he's talking about, and he says they all come from the heart. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So scripture teaches us that all our outward actions, whether it be murder or theft whether it be good or bad, that they all flow out of what the Bible is going to call our heart, which is why God does not merely judge outward actions, but rather the root of those actions, the heart. So go to 1 Samuel 16 with me. In 1 Samuel 16, what's happened is that King Saul has has just basically blown up his reign. He's messed everything up. God has has sent Samuel to him and he said, you're not going to be king any longer. You've messed up. There's no hope for you. And God says to Samuel, I'm going to raise up one of Jesse's sons to be king instead of Saul, and so he sends the prophet Samuel to anoint the new king of Israel from the house of Jesse, and so Samuel, he gets down there, and he walks in, and Jesse's sons begin to parade before him, And, and, and the oldest one, Eliab, he's the first one to come in, and Eliab is just this gorgeous man. I never thought I would say that out loud, but there it is. This gorgeous man, He is tall, he's a very attractive man, he has some kind of charismatic personality where people are drawn to him. I mean, he's an amazing hunter, all his brothers look up to him. So, and Samuel is so taken aback by his appearance that as soon as he walks in the room, Samuel looks at him and says, Ah, that's him. That's the guy. That's got to be the one. I mean, look at him. He looks like a king. He must be the king. But I want you to see what God's going to say in return. Look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So God does not judge men and women by the outward appearance, but rather by the heart that's inside of them. Now why? I'll tell you why, and Jesus is going to confirm it. God does not judge by the outward appearance because it is too easy to make ourselves look right on the outside while the inside is in shambles. Clean outside, but dead inside. Let's go to Matthew 23, starting in verse 24. I I want you to see this principle of of it not being enough to have the outward appearance look good. Jesus is speaking here. He says, You blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Now, this is just one of dozens of texts where Jesus addresses the heart instead of the outward actions. In fact, what he's what he's really saying here, he's saying, "Listen, leave the outside dirty until you have the inside clean." He says, "Don't worry about trying to clean up the outside till you till you take care of what's inside, because it's too easy to deceive people." And listen, if you if you come to church often, it, it might shake down a little bit like this. You know, maybe maybe you just. Uh, had one of those weeks where everything, you ever had one of those weeks where everything went horribly, horribly wrong? You ever had those weeks? I mean, everything you touch just catches on fire. Everything breaks. You have a week where everything just goes horribly, horribly wrong. And it just seems like God is nowhere to be found. And scripture, it seems like it's dull and and silent. and, And there's this tension in your family. And so you wake up on Sunday morning and you get in the car. And you're fighting with the family all the way to church. And you pull into the parking lot. And you open the door and get out. And you shut the door behind you. And you turn around and you see your buddy across the parking lot. And all of a sudden, Jesus is awesome. And we come in here and we do what we're supposed to do. Somebody says, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Listen, if we're not careful, we can be lulled into becoming little more than robots where we say the right things and where we do the right things, but our hearts are not right. We know how to make ourselves look good on the outside, don't we? Well, some of us do. (laughs) If we could take what's really going on in our hearts and show it up on the screen, some of us, would we'd be up for Academy Awards because everybody would be saying, man, I had no idea you really pulled that one off. Because inside we're rotting and dying, but on the outside we're smiling and talking about being blessed. We want to have the appearance of being okay. But God's going to say, no, it's not the appearance of being okay that matters. It's the heart. That really matters. Now, now let me just be honest for my religious friends that are, that are listening to this. So, you know, when you finally, when you, and I'm, and I'm not talking about those that have true faith. I'm talking about people who just go through the motions of religion. But when you finally figure out how to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. When you, when you ha- finally have all of your theology down pat and you've got all the rules down and, and you know what you know. My question is, how's your heart? When's the last time you heard from God? How's your joy? How's how's evangelism going for you? Do you feel anymore? Or are you just completely numb? Because because this, this is a reflection of my journey. I'm just, I'm just curious by nature. I want to figure everything out. I, I want to know why things are the way they are. And this comes is true scripturally and with my walk with the Lord too. You know I'm, I'm the five-year-old that's always saying, why, why, why? I mean, you know the child that just drives you crazy, always saying, why, why? I have to know why. I have to know how it all fits together. And, and somehow in the process of my life of trying to figure those things out and getting in and studying things and reading and all these things, somewhere in the middle of all that there was a time in my life where I just sort of quit feeling so so people would come up and to me and confess this horrible state that their lives are in and they would weep in my presence and And I would give all the powerless answers answers that you could ever shovel at somebody. And then they would end up leaving completely devastated, just like they were when they walked up to me. And then in my pride, I'd I'd walk back to my office impressed that I gave them the right answer and never feel the hurt that they felt. But the Bible says that we are to mourn with those who mourn, that we're to weep with those who weep. And we we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. So how's your heart? What was the last time your heart was moved with compassion when you saw someone who was hurting? It's easy to put on the cloak of righteousness for the eyes of people to see, but Jesus looks at and he judges the heart. I mean, just think of all the ways that that we butcher this. Can you imagine what would happen if we spent the same amount of energy, time, money, and effort trying to figure out what our actions revealed about the state of our heart instead of trying to get rid of the action. See see what I'm saying? Because we spend so much effort and and time and energy and, and, and and all in the process of trying to get rid of the action and we never take time to say, wait a minute, If this action is flowing out of my heart, then what is this saying about what's going on inside of me? And we ignore what's going on in the heart because it's easier to just deal with the action. You know, the truth is everybody in this room has iniquity. You didn't escape it. You, everybody has iniquity. Iniquity, a great, great way to understand that word, it's a biblical word for bent. Everybody in this room is bent towards something sinful. For some of us, it's lust. For some of us, it's pride. For others, it's greed. For others, it's vanity. And for some of us in the room, it's pride, greed, lust, and vanity. All, all rolled in together in one. Everybody has a bent towards something But what would happen if we didn't spend all of our time and energy going, okay, all right, I'm going to get pure. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to get past this. And instead, we began to look at our lives and we say, what is wrong with my heart, God, that you're not enough for me? What is wrong with my heart that I don't trust you in this this area of my life? What is wrong with my heart that I keep going to this action? Lord, I don't want to just deal with the action. I want to deal with my heart. Now, Now, I think there is a time for addressing actions. Don't misunderstand me. But I think it comes out of being honest with God about the state of our hearts. Because if we just deal with the action and never deal with the heart, How many of you have ever, this is what it's like. How many of you ever, ever tried to, you know, you got some weed in your garden and you, 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 you cut it down, but you don't get the root. What is, what happens? It just keeps coming back. In fact, some weeds, if you cut it and the root is still there, it starts spreading. It gets worse. I got one of those in my garden right now, my flower garden in the backyard. And, it's just, and that's the way it is when we try to deal with the action and we don't deal with the heart. Then all we're doing is we're trying to cut the weed off above the surface. And we, if we never deal with, with our hearts, if we never deal with what's going on inside of us, then it's just going to grow back and it may be worse than ever before. See, the reason we don't like to look into the deepest parts of our hearts is because It reveals things that we don't want to see. It reveals that we are in our very nature wicked and evil. See, you see, the thing about outward actions is they can be justified. They can be justified. And we're really good about this, you know, and we, by the way, we tend to we tend to judge ourselves by our motives and judge other people by their actions. So they do the same thing that you do, but you give yourself a pass because you say, well, that's not what I meant. But, 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 you know, we can justify an outward action. Well, everybody struggles with that to some degree. Well, there are lots of guys who, who have to deal with that. And, but, but when you look in the deep parts of your heart and, and you begin to be honest with yourself, you begin to realize, I do this because I'm wicked. I do this because I'm evil. I do this because there's something inside of my heart that I have not dealt with. And I need to deal with it before God, before I, before I can ever get rid of this in my life. And when that realization occurs in the minds and the hearts of human beings, I'm here to tell you, when you take time and you look in your heart and you begin to realize, I'm not who I thought I was, that, I, that there is wickedness there that I have, I have ignored over the years, that is a devastating moment. But I'm, I, that's not all bad because, you know what, it's in that only in that devastation that you will ever see God and you'll ever find freedom. It's in that moment that you begin to understand truly understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, until you see the wickedness of your own heart, then the grace of God really doesn't mean anything to you. Because if you think that your sin is not that bad, then you don't need that much grace. You see what I'm saying? That's when we begin to understand it. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about, where I'm, where I'm coming out of. There, there are some issues that I've had to work through, and I'm here to tell you that Uh, I, I, as as your pastor, I I try to never wear the cape, you know, I'm talking about, I don't want to be the superhero, you know, that everything's got everything all together, and and the cape is blowing in the wind, and I'm standing up on the ledge of the the building looking for people that I can rescue, you know, I I can't be that person, and if that's who you want, I'm I'm not the right guy for you, but I'm here just to to tell you that that I'm a a human being, I'm a man, and, and I have had struggles, and there are issues that God is dealing with me over, and historically, one of those things, historically, I've always been a people pleaser. Got any other people pleasers in here? You know, I mean, I just want to make people happy. I want people to like me. Anybody here with me? Okay, three of us. Thank you, because you made, I thought you don't like me, and I was getting a little worried. And I, I think most people want other people to like him, but it was the thing where if anybody criticized me for anything, I would just begin to withdraw emotionally and I would just walk around with this. Anger, sort of simmering beneath the surface that nobody else saw that I was able to control and it didn't lash out at other people. But the problem was that anger would just continue to build up inside of me and build up and build up and build up. And then one day, you know, Julie would point out when we, early in our marriage one tiny little thing that I was doing that she would say, this is hurting me or this is bothering me. And I would respond out of that anger that was all built up inside of me. And I would say really, really stupid things I have said this I'm ashamed to tell you this but I have looked at my wife in the eye my precious bride and I have said I guess someday I'll be perfect like you I'm still alive and I would turn it around and make her the bad guy for the way that I was acting I I knew I was a moron I knew I was I knew something was broken in me I knew it, but I just couldn't seem to shake it. And in the process, I did damage to my wife's soul because she lived in this weird tension of not being able to talk with me about things that she needed to talk about. I'm not trying to hide my junk with anybody. I'm just throwing it out there. And I finally got to a place where I was going, God, what is wrong with me? And I began to think through what this reveals about my heart. And, and you want to hear something crazy? Maybe it's, maybe it's because of how I was raised, or maybe it's from some bully in the fifth grade, but, but I began to realize that the banner over my life, over the deepest part of my heart, said, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for God's grace. I'm not good enough for his mercy. I'm not good enough for his love. I'm not good enough for the life that he's given me. I'm not good enough to be healed. I'll tell you two things about that statement. The first thing is this. It's true. I'm not good enough. That's actually great news because what that means is that it leaves room for the grace and the mercy of God. But the other thing, and this is the devastating part, is that that when I said that, that was an idolatrous statement because at the core of it, I was still central. It was still all about me. I'm not good enough. When the banner over my heart should have been, God is more than good enough. Since that revelation, I... Since I quit trying to, to, to go, oh, I've just got to stop letting this anger build up. I've got to stop dumping on my wife. And instead, I was honest with God and said, Lord, I have a stupid, wounded heart. And he has begun to heal it. Now, I'm not there yet. I've come a long way. I look back in the early days of my marriage and I'm telling you, I actually think one that it's a miracle that any marriage survives when you get two people that are just broken, that have their own issues, their own baggage, and then you, you get married, and, and now all of a sudden it's not just your baggage, you got your baggage together. And it's a miracle to me that God works in the hearts of, of men and women that marriages last at all. I'm not there yet. God's not done with me yet. But I also know that if I'm honest about the state of my heart before God, that he moves me faster and he moves me in better ways than he does when I'm just trying to address the outward actions. God looks on the heart. God looks on the heart. Now, why is this so important for us to grasp? Why is it so important for us to hear? Well, it's because in Matthew 5, 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's why the heart is so important to pay attention to. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Now, it does not say blessed are the perfect in heart. It's not what it says. It says blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And the reason this is so important for us to grasp uh, this is because those who are pure in heart are going to see God they they're going to get to see God and not just know stuff about him you, under, you understand the difference the difference is knowing that he can heal and being healed hear the difference in that because i think so many of us are camped out in places where we're where we're, going, we're saying things like, I, I know God can heal. I, I know God speaks. I know God answers prayer. But there are often few of us that actually walk in that kind of relationship. In fact, I, I think a lot of us are, are robotic, where we just say, I'm blessed, I, I'm good, God's great. And we just, we just spew the words without ever dealing with what's going on. And we come to church and we sing the songs and we take our notes. But blessed are the pure in heart, the honest in heart for they will see God. So the question for us today is what do your actions reveal about the state of your heart? What do your actions reveal? Now, it's not always bad, you know. Sometimes you look at your actions and you say, "Wow, you know, I was a lot nicer there than I thought I would have been." So maybe it's going to reveal some good things too, but 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 what are the things what do your actions reveal about the state of your heart? What do the things that haunt you reveal about the state of your heart? I mean, do you have an authority problem? Anybody here have an authority problem? You don't have to raise your hand. You know, you're one of those, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, I've got, I've got some news for you. I can promise you some, somebody is. Somebody is. I mean, uh, what, what does that attitude reveal about the state of your heart? Or do you have a lust problem? What does that reveal about the state of your heart? Or, are you, are, do you have a, a problem with lying to people? What does that reveal about the state of your heart? Why do you lie? What is it that motivates that moment? What's going on in your heart? Because it's the heart that God judges. It's not the perfect in, in heart that see God. It's the pure in heart. And I want you to here's the good news about that. It's Christ that makes us pure, not our outward actions. If it's your outward actions, then you've got Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 all turned around because it says there, "...for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, lest any man should boast." This, in other words, he's saying it is, it, you, you is, you're not going to be saved. You're not going to be saved because of anything that you can do. It's not your actions that save you. It's the grace of God alone that saves you. And if you think that you can save yourself, if you think that somehow you can have the right actions and get your heart right by getting your actions right, then you're, you're getting salvation completely opposite in the wrong direction. You know, I think it was Thoreau who said, that most men live lives of quiet desperation. has never ceased to amaze me how many of us live double lives. And I'm not talking about, you know, some horrible, horrible uh, sin out there. But, but, but I'm talking about how we have the language down and the lifestyle down and we look Christian. But there's, yet there's a part of us that nobody knows about. It's a part of us that nobody sees. It only exists in the deepest recesses of our hearts and our minds when we're by ourselves and it's full of doubt and fear and anger and maybe lust. But you know what? I don't believe. I don't believe that we as followers of Christ have to live our lives, live lives of quiet desperation. What would happen if we quit coming to the altar? And praying, I want to love you, so I'm going to stop doing A, B, C, and D. And instead of that, we started praying, Lord God, A, B, C, and D are ruling my life. I have a wicked heart. Show me what needs to change. Change my heart. What would happen if that's how we approached God Almighty? Where we said, Lord, you're my only hope. If I'm ever going to be free from these actions, it's not going to be because I'm strong enough. But it's because you've changed my heart. What do the actions of your life reveal about your heart? For, for God and me, I, I, you know, there, there are days I feel like we've come a long way. And there are other days where it feels like we haven't even started yet. You know what I'm talking about? Every time I feel like I have a place where I'm good and I learn the language and I learn how to look good and all of a sudden I think everything is, you know, all hunky dory and all of a sudden he just opens another door to my heart. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. And it shows me that I'm not there and I won't be there till I'm with him. But I don't believe we have to live with fear. I don't believe we have to live with lust. I don't believe, the, I don't believe we have to live chained to our sins. I, I don't believe that pride has to rule us. I believe that we can know him and I believe that he can set us free from the things that imprison us. He can make your heart pure if you'll be honest with him about what's going on in your heart. And the only way you can do that is if you're honest with yourself and you take time and you say, what do my actions show me about the state of my heart? And if there's something there that is not right, then you go to him and you you're honest and you say god this is what's happening inside of me i can't change this because i can't change my heart if you could change your heart jesus would not have needed to die on the cross and when he makes your heart pure you will see god now i'm going to encourage you we when we finish this service in a few moments you know, maybe, maybe you just don't rush out of here as quickly as usual. or. But whatever, it's, you, know, you need to take some time and chew on this. Because it's one thing to hear it said that the actions of your life reveal your heart. But it's a very, very different thing to think through what that means for you as a person. And if we're not careful, if we don't pay attention, if we don't dig in, what we'll end up doing is we'll just add more words to our vocabulary that we can use to make ourselves look good see do you see what i'm saying is and 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 if we do that then we'll never walk in the reality of it so maybe instead of rushing out of here and maybe instead of just Leaving it behind and, and not thinking about this this message again, maybe maybe you need to set some time aside if it 's not to uh, today then then to say okay god i 'm going to take some time want to I want to chew on this for a while and you begin to ask what are the actions of my life revealing about my heart? do I really trust God or do my actions show that i don 't because i 'm always trying to do it on my own am I, am I angry deep down inside is there something simmering inside of me is there something in my heart is there bitterness and unforgiveness in my life that I need Need to deal with see the weight of this from scripture is huge that, that god judges the heart but that's the beauty of the gospel of christ here's what i want you to hear today if you don't hear anything else hear this jesus didn't come to fix actions he came to change hearts because if he can change your heart it takes care of the actions he came to address the disease, not just address the symptoms. It's my prayer today that God will give you a glimpse of your heart and that, and that seeing... Even those ugly parts that are inside of you, that when you see that, then you'll realize how beautiful He really is. Because I don't think we can ever truly appreciate the beauty of God until we see the wickedness that exists in our hearts. Because until we see what's going on, until we see the wickedness that is in our hearts, then we don't fully begin, we can't fully begin to understand the beauty of His grace, the beauty of the fact that He actually loves me. You know, many of us, most of us really don't want to see that wickedness, which when we don't want to see it, that causes us to just continue working on the outward actions. But my hope is that you'll begin to think deeper than that today, that you'll think about how offensive your heart must be to God. And then then on the heels of that, that you will be overwhelmed at the fact that he already knew that. And yet he loves you with a love that you can't even begin to comprehend. I want you to hear this today. There is no sin in this room with more power than the cross of Christ. I don't care what you, what's in your heart. I don't care what's, been, what's going on. I don't care as you look at it and you say, oh man. My heart is even darker than I thought. My my goal is not to make you lose heart and and feel despair. My goal is to help you realize that there is hope, that that you can can rest in the hope, you can rest in the assurance that there is no sin in your life. There's no sin that you can possibly commit that is more powerful than the cross of Christ, that His grace is greater. He He can give you a pure heart no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what's going on in your heart he can change your heart i'm telling you I, i'm i'm a witness my life is a witness to that and many of you sitting here you can say i mean i know we none of us have arrived we're we're we're, we're not going to arrive until we are there in the presence of jesus himself but there are people in this room you can look at your life and you say i know that the grace of god has power and i know that it's stronger than any other sin because i look at my life and i'm not who i used to be Thank God I'm not who I used to be. But he took this, I was amazed. When, when I was younger, I mean, if you could get paid for being a liar, I'd be a millionaire. Because man, when I was, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I was, I was like a professional liar. My mom, she would tell me, she told me more than once, she said, I can, I can look you straight in the eye and I can't tell if you're lying or telling the truth. And, uh, you know, you get to the place when you live like that where after a while you don't even know what the truth is. You don't even know what the lies and the truth are anymore. And, and what, what amazes me about the grace of God is that at, a, at an altar... In a Southern Missouri youth camp, when he saved me, when he filled me with the Spirit, that would, have, that would have been enough. But then he said, here's what else. Here's what else I've got. He says, I want to take you, a habitual liar, and I'm going to have you and stand in front of people and speak truth. He can change your heart. There's no sin bigger than the death and resurrection of Jesus. There's no sin bigger than his grace. So take time. Let him show you what's going on in your heart. Because that's how you change the outward actions. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you and you alone can renovate the heart. I thank you, Lord, God, that there are so many of us that are on that path that we're, we're not who we used to be. We're not there yet, God, but, uh, but, but we know you have moved us so far down the road and we're still moving forward. And, but God, there, there are also some of us that you started us on this path and, and maybe we've just stopped moving forward. And we're not honest about who we are really in the deep recesses of our hearts God, I just pray that you would just do some really deep surgery in our hearts. Not just surface stuff, not just new lessons, but God, just do a deep heart change inside of us. Because, Lord, I'm sure that there's, I'm not the only one, but there's people here, Lord God, that there's still those closets that we've been afraid to open. Maybe that place where somebody hurt us and that unforgiveness, that bitterness is still locked away because we don't want to look at it, because we don't want to know that it's there. And yet, Lord God, that is affecting, that is is changing, that is influencing how we live our lives. Or maybe it's that closet where we have that, that lust that we don't want anybody else to know about. Or maybe it's a closet where There's some other other sin, anger, whatever it is, God. Resentment. And God, I pray that you would just take us by the hand and say, okay, you see this action here? I'm going to show you where that's coming from. And that God, when when you do that, I know, Lord God, that that is a hard moment to see that in ourselves. But until we see that, until we say say god i can't clean that closet out i need your help that's the moment when you step in and you say okay all right i got this this is what i died for this is what my blood does my sacrifice and my resurrection it brings cleansing i'm going to make this part of your life pure i'm going to set you free from the root of the actions God, I pray that as you do that in our lives, that, that I, I know this is, this is not something that just happens once and okay, it's all do, done and all good, but God, that you'd start where we are and Lord, that you'd help us to remember this the rest of our lives. This would be an enduring word, an enduring process in us whereby we're constantly coming to you and saying, okay, God, I didn't like it last time, but I still need to see. Show me what my actions are saying about my heart and Lord I pray that every one of us here would leave not not with condemnation but God we would leave with hope because we know that that you can change hearts we've seen it we've seen it we've seen it in our lives we've seen it in other lives but God that we would just Let you do your work and that we would walk in the peace and the freedom of knowing that that the power of Jesus to save and to cleanse is, is immeasurable and there's no end to it. And that no matter where we've been or no matter what we've done, that your grace and your forgiveness is greater. Lord, teach us to walk with a pure heart. Because God, we want to see you. Not just know about you but we want to behold your glory. And in beholding your glory, you will change us more and more into the image of Christ. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to continue to do serious business with you. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.